Closeted Weeb Anime Podcast, the only anime podcast with an extended cinematic universe. My name is Lee. And I'm Bryce. All right, so we've got a uh, new episode today. Very new structure, very new everything. Um, so we're going to talk about a roundtable discussion about kind of your starter experience into anime. And we have a special guest, our friend, uh, Chief Keith. Keith, you there? Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, I'm actually wearing a My Hero villain shirt to get in the mood today. I'm really excited. I love it. What a bad boy. <laughs> um, Lee, why don't you get us started on uh, This Week in Anime? Absolutely. So this week has been extremely nostalgic for me. A bunch of things that I loved as a prepubescent teen are coming back. So uh, the video game The World Ends With You is getting an anime adaptation. Now, this was announced a few months ago, but uh, I don't subscribe to Funimation, so I didn't see it until just now. I'm extremely excited all of the trailers, the animation looks great. And the other thing I love, the story is already created, so I don't have to worry about them messing it up. Ideally, anime adaptations are at least relatively accurate. Um, on top of that, this isn't directly anime related, but uh, G4 TV, if any of you remember G4 TV, it was like a gaming uh, television station, is getting revived. Now, I'm probably not going to watch it, but I will credit G4 TV with um, kind of inspiring my interest in Japan and Japanese culture. They were the ones to bring things like Ninja Warrior to American television first. And so I'm excited to see what they've got going on, um, but I probably won't actually watch it since I don't really watch TV. And then finally, we have Code Geass Next 10 Years Project. Uh, they are going to continue milking Code Geass until I can't stand it anymore. Oh. Uh, they are releasing some mobile game, and then there's a new series called uh, Z of the Recapture. I know that uh, you know in 2009 or something they released some other like Akito of the I can't remember. I'm not going to watch non main story Code Geass. The animation looks good, but uh, honestly, I wish they would just let it die. Um, but that's all I have for this week in anime. Yeah, I mean, dude, Code Geass had, like, such a good ending, and they decided just to continue, like, milking the show for, like, so much longer than they needed to. I know we both, like, agree on that, because we both love that show. Um, the Pizza Hut sponsorship money is running low. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I've started watching uh, Attack on Titan. So I guess I saw the first season, and then I stopped. Um, but then all my friends been like, all right, you like, it's a good show. Like, you got to see it. I promise it gets better. You just got to get to season three, and it'll just blow your mind. Um, so I got through season two in like two days and I'm about halfway through season three trying to catch up for the, uh, debut. I think it's December 7th. So I guess tomorrow is the, uh, I think is the first episode for the new season. Um, so super excited to see that. I think that'll be a ton of fun. Um, so now transitioning into our, uh, topic of the week again, intro into the world of anime. Um, so Keith, since you're our guest, um, you know, uh, if you want, you want, you can say a little about yourself, but uh, what were your first thoughts about anime before kind of, I guess, diving into the medium? All right. So, so my name is Keith. I'm a certified weeb in training. Um, <laughs> that's, a, that's a new certificate that uh, Closet Weeb will be coming out with, I promise. 1099 a month. <laughs> so anyway, okay, my first thoughts. So honestly, my th first thoughts about anime were kind of negative. Um, so I first started watching anime 
in 2016. And before then, I mean, as a kid, I did watch like a few episodes of Naruto, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh! But I actually didn't even realize those were anime. I thought those were just cartoons like that were on Toonami or Cartoon Network. So just cartoons? (laughs) (laughs) I've evolved now. 2D is my life. But um, the I, I honestly I, before then I I thought anime and hentai were like interchangeable. Like I I thought anime <laughs> was like a niche genre for like if you just wanted to watch people talk Japanese and like um, so I actually had pretty negative uh, outlook on it before starting. Actually, a funny story um, in 2015 one time Bryce was listening to some music and I was like oh hey Bryce what are you listening to and he was like oh. I'm listening to some fire anime openings. And I 100% thought he was joking. Like, I, I thought that was not a thing. So. <laughs> then you realize that he has no shame. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So but then I found out it was real. So, yep, that, that, <laughs> that's what I, how I used to think about uh, anime. Uh, if you guys don't know how bad Bryce's anime opening soundtrack addiction is, uh, we just finished up our, we got our Spotify 2020 wrapped back and oh no. like 90% of Bryce's playlist was anime introductions and endings. Dude, I, I can't, can't complain, man. Dude, I love them. I literally have my own like Japanese hits playlist, which is just like 300 openings, which I just love. Um, <laughs> Lee, what were your uh, first thoughts about anime before I guess diving in? Yeah, so I, um, again, I think a lot of people share the same kind of, they watched anime before they realized it was anime. Um, So similarly, I think all of us can talk about how we watch Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh!, Dragon Ball Z, Naruto. And so I think it was one of those things where everyone could tell the difference between those shows and, you know, Western cartoons. Um, And I guess at different stages, everybody got... um, you know, introduced into the medium and realized that, okay, it's called anime. There's an actual distinguishing characteristic about these shows. Um, I think for me, I was able to kind of enter into it um, in a relatively pure and innocent fashion. Um, I'm from a small town in Texas. So like I wasn't surrounded by a bunch of other, you know, nerds and weeaboos. So I just kind of, I was on um, a website called like screw attack, which was just for like nerds and video games and stuff. But then people kept posting like reviews of anime and stuff. And I was like, okay, well this kind of looks interesting. What's this about? And then I inevitably got into watching one of the first shows, which I'll touch on later um, that got me hooked and kind of opened up the realm of what's possible in this medium that you don't really see in TV, regular Western cartoons or, um, you know, books and stuff like that. So I fortunately didn't have all of my negative uh, thoughts on anime were developed over time as I entered into the community at large, um, (laughs) rather than having it beginning. What about you, Bryce? Um, Yeah, so I think I think we're kind of similar to sense that so I was just watching like Toonami or like, I think it was Saturday WB 11. And they would just have like anime on but they would also I guess like mix it up too with shows like Sonic the Hedgehog and things like that. Well, Sonic, that was an anime. <laughs> that was? Oh, okay. Go figure. A bad one, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Um, I did, never knew that, huh? Um, but anyways, like, I just thought they were all cartoons. Like, didn't even really understand anime was, like, a word or anything or anything like that. Um, and then once I finally discovered what anime was, I was like, oh, cool. I already watched this. I already enjoy it. Um, I was already reading Shonen Jump, so never really put any thought into it, um, to be brutally honest. And then just was a weeb. Um so Keith, what was the uh, transitioning? What was the first show that got you hooked? 
So the first show where I actually really watched um, was in summer 2016. I woke up one morning. Bryce had me tied down, my eyes taped open, <laughs> clockwork orange style. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. Uh, Bryce showed me uh, Sword Art Online. And that was the first show that I really, really enjoyed that I guess that, that is anime. Um, I hadn't really watched any anime before that, except for the ones I mentioned. Um, but that was the first show that where I really actually got hooked. Um, and that I really enjoyed that show just for a number of reasons. Like, and only the first 12 episodes, I didn't yep. continue on, but yep. <laughs> those are the episodes that I really like really enjoyed. And I, it was cool that even though I actually, can, I wish it went a little longer that you can really watch 12 episodes and like you get your full, you know, you get your full story. So that was the first anime that, um, like that really got me hooked. I would say just on anime in general. Um, but I would say the one that like really, really got me hooked because I kind of watched that and and stopped for a while is probably actually Promise Neverland. Yeah. Um, that's the one that where I just could not stop watching, like watch the entire season in one day, which is not that big of a feat. It's a short show, but that's the show that like was the first time I really was like, wow, I cannot stop watching this. That's awesome. Interesting. You started off with an isekai. Can't uh, can't <laughs> believe it. It was Bryce's fault. That is yeah. my fault. I take full blame for uh, both those shows. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I would say um, the first two shows um, that got me really uh, hooked into the medium, um, aside from obviously being a kid obsessed with you know Naruto, DBC, and uh, Pokemon, um, was when I finally watched Death Note. Okay. Um, and I'm going to get and spoiler but i'm gonna get into death note a little bit later more but that show really surprised me in how it just portrayed one how it tackled such a cool idea that for some reason we seem to be lacking um in the west just concept wise um and then after death note i watched darker than black which um is another it's an action anime that i love and it has one of the things that i think everyone finds super appealing about shonen in general just action anime is that idea where it's like everybody has their own unique power and how they interact with each other is extremely interesting and um, for me it was just always these shows had such incredible concepts um, and I, I still to this day don't find any parallel to the creativity um, and sometimes to, to, to a degree where it's actually a bad thing but like the ridiculous concepts that you get to see um, because there are very few limitations when it comes to 2D animation um, but then all right, Bryce, which one, which, uh, which Shonen got you hooked? Oh, wow. That was an immediate attack. You saw that? Oh, my God, Keith. Well, first of all. <laughs> you got roasted. Like, so, I mean, I guess outside of, like, Toonami and stuff, I, did, I, I also, like, took a break from anime. And then um, I think I was working at this uh, SAT camp in upstate New York, and uh, it was, like, literally 2 a.m., and this kid was like, dude, you watch anime? And I was like, oh, you know, I guess I haven't in a while, like whatever. Um, and he's like, you got to see Sword Art Online. So like we literally sit down from, I think, like 2 a.m. to like 6 a.m. And we have to be up at 8 to like take care of the start teaching again. And we literally just went through like, uh, I it was, yeah, it was like the first 12 episodes of SAO. And I was just completely hooked. In retrospect, probably should not have watched with this guy. He was like, I love this world. That's what I want to do, man. I want to create like a virtual reality game where people get like trapped in and can't get out. So I'm definitely <laughs> concerned with what this kid does in the future. And I'm definitely going to uh, kind of casually follow him on LinkedIn and see what he does with his life. But like, there are definitely some red flags. I don't think he's a listener to the pod. If he is, then what's up? Um, but 
he knows where you live. <laughs> I live. But uh, that was definitely the first show that got me hooked, right? So the next question we're going to kind of get into, since we talked about shows that got us hooked, um, what show would you recommend to people you want to introduce into the anime community? Is it one show? Is it many? What do you guys think? How about we'll start with, uh, we'll start with Keith again. So I think, first of all, that it depends on the person for sure. Like if you know, there's so many different anime categories that you want to show someone something that they're like used to, I guess, or like something that you know that they're going to like to start off with. Yeah. Um, another thing that I think is actually important, which I didn't really think about, is that it's it's always almost always easier to recommend an anime to someone if it's on Netflix or Hulu, like one of the streaming sites that's popular. Like, I I told my friend, hey, you should watch Tower of God. It's on Crunchyroll, and he's like, what the hell is that? Like, <laughs> I don't, like, I don't want to go on your weeb website. So, Get a virus. <laughs> yeah. uh, so given that, I actually think. Um, this, this might be a little shocker. I think one of the best to recommend is uh, Id Invaded. I don't know if uh, any of the fans have watched this one. It's I, I haven't heard that much about it, but it's on Hulu. And I think it's such a good... It The the concept is so interesting, and it's very similar to, like, if you like crime dramas. So it's kind of... It's not as out there. It is a little out there, but it's not as out there as some of these other ones. So I feel like it's a good transition into, like, the world of anime. No, I love that pick. I enjoy that show for sure. Um, that's a good idea. I like it. It's really outside the box. Um, Lee, what do you think? Yeah, so uh, my criteria, um, again, I, I, as much as I agree, it's going to depend person to person. I'm going to try and just pick one show so it doesn't balloon outward. But again, I think the things that are really important are there are a lot of things in anime that are very jarring and annoying to people who aren't already you know, inundated with those things, things like you want to avoid fan service. You want to avoid shows that run for more than like, you know, 24 episodes, 26 episodes, like a standard kind of two season um, show. And then similarly, you know, you want to introduce a kind of really cool concept that you don't see in other mediums. But again, that can <laughs> that can go pretty far out there. And so there are plenty of shows that I love and think are great concepts that I would never recommend as an intro because of the fact that I think there's a lot of turnoffs to the average viewer. So for me, uh, I spoiled it earlier, but I have to say, I think Death Note is the absolute perfect introductory anime. I think the only exception is if like you're trying to introduce anime to some like really devote christian or mormon um <laughs> uh, just fundamentally but again i those aren't really the people who should be introduced to anime anyway um <laughs> nothing against them but i don't think they're going to particularly like the medium since it's pretty uh agnostic but uh i think that that show has a incredible pacing b the perfect length and c um an easy to grasp concept and so instead of having some over-the-top naruto battle which you know may be uh interesting to one person or another uh it's instead has more of a you know cerebral even though it's over the top and goofy uh conflict that's mostly in the mind and so it's kind of like if you enjoy uh sherlock holmes and you know instead of solving the mystery kind of building up the mystery and trying to deceive one another um those types of shows i think it's a lot easier for people to wrap their heads around that concept and then similar to your point it's on it's always on either netflix or hulu it's a really easy to access show and then similarly what i will say that i think is why i think death note would be better than it invaded is that i personally think you will not remember it invaded in like a year i already don't remember what happened in that show and that doesn't mean i didn't enjoy it but it is um i would say it invaded just kind of 
does the same thing shows like it do just with a slightly different concept whereas death note is a classic and will most likely remain a classic for a very long time and so i feel like that show is much more uh and, and then similarly uh death note also has like ova so a death note will have kind of these follow-up animations you can dig deeper into the world you know you can read the manga if that's kind of your proclivity and so i think as a show it introduces a lot of aspects of both anime itself and the anime broader community um that makes it a better introductory show all right bryce how are you going to indoctrinate people into the world of isekai that's a great question actually uh, <laughs> um so for me though like so i've done this i guess, I guess a couple times and keith obviously was one of the people i introduced uh anime to and i kind of have like different categories so like if you love like the marvel like the superheroes like you got to go with like a my hero academia um, some sort of like superhero shonen power protagonist show that's perfect for them um, if you like horror movies I think Promise Neverland is fantastic because it's short it's only 12 episodes well at least you can get away with it as like the first season and then like then once like a friend will get back to him and be like wow I really love Promise Neverland it was so good only 12 episodes and I said just wait season two comes out in uh in a month <laughs> and then you got them hooked um and then for like the people who like video games, I definitely do recommend Isekai. I like will bring up like ReZero or like the first 11 episodes of SAO. That's what I did for Keith. Um, and if you like kind of like more of a, you're more of an adult and you like history or like murder mysteries or more, I guess, adult shows, I think like Erased is a really cool uh, show to check out. Again, kind of this like 12 episode show like on Netflix, like we've all kind of mentioned the streaming platform. So for me, I like to kind of ask people, like I guess, like what they've seen. Um, so that would be my recommendation, I guess, as a starter. Um, so for the next question, um, we asked Keith to give us the list of animes he's seen. And we're all going to pick one that we liked, maybe one that we didn't like. We're all absolutely going to disagree because we all clearly have very different opinions on anime, uh, which is great, right? That's like about the genre. It's so subjective. Um, so for, Le for Keith's list, we have Sword Art Online, uh, ReZero, Erased, Promised Neverland, uh, It Invaded, Tower of God, MHA, Death Note, uh, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, Devilman Crybaby, Love is War. That's a very different one from the rest of the genre. Um, Seven Deadly Sins and Kakiguri, um, which, oh, that's the uh, gambling anime. Um, so, Keith, you're the guest. Um, why don't you pick um, one that you liked and maybe one that you didn't like as much? Um, so actually I'm going to pick my favorite. I think my favorite, um, even though I, you know, we talked about SAO getting me started, Promise Neverland got me kind of re uh, into the world of anime again. I think my favorite is actually Tower of God. That show, like, just like Promise Neverland where I couldn't stop watching, that show like really, first of all, got me hooked, but I just like fell in love with the characters, the world. And that's the only show so far where after it was over, I was like, I got to go read the source material and like yeah. literally went back <laughs> and, and read all like when it's a, so it's a webtoon is the source material, not a manga. So I went back and re reread the whole season one and then kept going. Um, and so I, I just love that show. I'm, I think the show's biggest criticism is that the plot is kind of silly. It's just like, okay, climb in the tower. Like that's what we're doing this episode. But I just love like all the characters and just the world that it's building. All the challenges they have to do are, I think, are so clever. So I, that's that's what I'm going to pick as my favorite. For my least favorite, um, I had a 
tough time picking because I I haven't watched that many, and I um, I I like all the ones I've seen so far. I'm actually out of this list. I'll probably pick Re Zero as my least favorite, even though I still like it. How dare I think you? I, I've only seen the first season, so I'm gonna. That's a caveat. I'm, oh, I'm, I've heard the okay. second season's good. So yeah, oh yeah, that that's a big caveat. That's I've fine, only seen yeah. the first season, <laughs> and it just it just felt like Groundhog Day in like an anime like it just didn't feel that creative like the the world is cool the characters are interesting but it just felt i mean it's supposed to be repetitive that's the whole point of the show but it just felt even more repetitive than uh what what i was expecting sure um lee what about you yeah honestly tower of god i i disagree i like i'm watching it i'll watch the next season i think tower of god's one of those shows where it's like you have to watch you have to read the source material to enjoy it because the world feels like hunter x hunter to me where like nothing really feels tied together and without an understanding of what the pre-death world is not even death but like the pre-tower like of god world is like i fundamentally don't understand why you have weird t-rex monsters which like doesn't like i don't i can i can accept it but it's like i feel like there's no good rationale or world building there and that just always drives me insane um but anyway sorry out of the list you've seen uh, i've already talked about Neth notes so i'm gonna you know leave that be uh obviously gonna say that i really love um and again i'm gonna ignore full metal alchemist brotherhood which is obviously like a top 10 classic um i love that you've seen kaguya sama love is war um i think it's actually really interesting out of you know that out of the first like 10 to 15 anime that you've seen uh that that is one of them uh i think kaguya sama love is war takes a mixture of like it's two genres where it's like it's a satire on the um trying to you know the love confession genre where you have the will they won't they will they won't they constantly but the show is so self-aware of that that that's actually the entire plot is the whole battle of will they won't they confess they're literally trying to get the other person to admit that they you know like them um and they do it in such an interesting way and it is kind of parallel to death note because you have these two you know very smart um intelligent uh students basically trying to put traps out there for each other in order to force the other one to uh, confess their love. And both of them are too stubborn to, you know, push through it. And it is, I think next to around high school host club, it is one of the funnier anime that I've seen in a very long time. And again, it would all be worth it. Even if it was bad, just for the Chica dance, Um, (laughs) gotta just throw that out there. Um, Another thing that I noticed about your list is exactly what you commented on is that, you know, it's a lot easier for introductory shows to be on things like Hulu or Netflix. Um, and a lot of those shows are on Hulu and Netflix. I grew up in the days of like animefreak.tv where like if you wanted to watch anime, you had to risk breaking your computer. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I think that that's definitely interesting. So there's a handful on there that I haven't seen. Um, but out of the shows that I you know didn't like, uh, I guess I already touched on uh, Tower of God. Um, you know, a lot of those isekais you have on there, I also haven't watched, so I can't insult them. But Tower of God, just <laughs> it's these webtoons aren't living up to their source material, from my understanding. And I'm not going to read. I'm not going to read them. I won't do it. I, I don't read manga and I especially don't read webtoons. Um, and again, just Tower of God. I want to like it. I actually think the concept itself is the most interesting thing about the show. Um, but as Bryce has mentioned, uh, the way they have decided to start these shows is a little bit confusing because it yeah. sounds like the anime tends to leave out relatively important kind of 
character exposition so yeah. that you better understand <laughs> the relations between them. And since I'm not someone like you, Keith, who got motivated to go back and read the webtoon, it has kept the show as like something I'll probably watch when the season two comes out. But like, I am very ready to drop that show um, the second I get too bored with it. Um, but that's that's mine. I think all these say Kaya trash. Um, Bryce, <laughs> well, what are what are your picks? <laughs> um, so circle back to Tower of God because I was trying to think about this overall with webtoons, and I think like maybe the issue is that like Crunchyroll is like the main like sponsor like behind it, and I just don't trust them in like any sort of involvement with um, contributing to an anime. And I think maybe it's also the pressures of having to condense everything into a 12 episode season versus like 24 when like these shows are like hundreds of chapters long where they just like go completely out of control i think that might be a huge issue but no i mean i I always love hearing like people's like perspective from like uh just seeing the anime versus like reading the model and getting into it because i definitely felt like ah they could definitely have like made tower of god like 24 episodes instead of 12 to definitely like paint a clearer picture um so I've definitely talked about a lot of these shows in the past too. So like, um, I'll go with the raced as kind of like favorite that maybe not is not as popular. Um, it's essentially this like perfect, like crime, like murder mystery show where you go like back in time and you have to really just solve this crime. And it's, you're hooked. I think I got through this show in less than in half a day. I was just so like drawn into it. It was like, I think it was the most popular anime in like 2016. I think it was 2016. Um, but it's huge on, it was huge on Netflix, like super popular, like can't recommend enough, especially if you like this kind of like crime, murder, uh, drama, time traveling sort of series. It definitely gets away with stuff that you can do in an anime, but it's still like grounded in realism. Um, so I really like that show. Um, in terms of least favorite, I've already trashed seven deadly sins before, so I'll, I'll do <laughs> that this time. Um, too much, too much hate mail for that one last time. Um, but <laughs> I'll go Wait, with, sorry. Question: Is Seven Deadly Sins produced by Netflix? Um, no, no. Okay, it's, yeah, I'm not it's sure. Funimation, I think. Ah, uh, okay. Or maybe maybe I'm wrong, but I, yeah, the hate mail was from me, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> and your girlfriend. Love but yes. <laughs> um, so I'll go with uh, Kakeguri, which is like this gambling anime that, like, I think a lot of people honestly watched it just because it was so heavily advertised on Netflix. I think it's just a hard. I think it's just a bad show. I don't know. I think the games are kind of dumb. It's like weird, like the line they crossed with like fan service and gambling. I was super uncomfortable watching it, to be brutally honest. Um, and then for some awful reason, they made a season two, which was just made the show even fall off a further cliff um so i definitely wouldn't recommend that one personally um so i guess those are our opinions on uh keith's shows uh, <laughs> i just got trashed <laughs> if you want a gambling anime watch kaiji instead yeah it's uh, got a really ugly art style but at least like the the gambling aspect of it is uh really really well done and i think they have like some weird like post-season stuff going on right now i need to catch up on that show yeah, no, for sure. Um, so the next question I'll go, I guess, I'll go a different route. So um, do we think anime can become more mainstream? I think that's like the big question, right? So like we're called the Closeted Weeb Anime Podcast, right? And um, Lee has talked about before, especially in the first episode about like fan service and the issue that kind of causes and preventing it from being more mainstream. Um, so I guess we'll start off with Keith. So do you think anime can become more mainstream? Oh, absolutely. And I, I think it's already becoming more and more mainstream every year. I mean, if you saw when Netflix came out with their top 10 list, I mean, Seven Deadly Sins was in the top 10 for like at least a week or two. I mean, I, I think yep. 
And I think the big reason why it's happening, and I think well, there's a lot of reasons, but the, I think the main reason is that these huge streaming platforms are picking them up. And then you watch, you know, Avatar The Last Airbender, and then it's recommending you to watch Seven Deadly Sins right after. Like, they're really, like, I remember when I, I watched Avatar The Last Airbender on my Netflix, and it kept it kept pushing me to watch Hunter Hunter, like, over and over again. Um, like, I think, and like, and then you click on it, it's like, oh, another, you know, cartoon show. And you know, you're watching it in English, you wouldn't even know, just like how we didn't know it was anime as, as kids. It's like the same concept. I mean, you just watch another show, it's in English, um, and you just, and then eventually you learn it's anime. So yeah, I, I think for sure they're moving towards more mainstream. And another point, which uh, we, we talked about fan service a bit, is that like a lot of these mainstream, like a lot of these shows are kind of moving away from so, some of them at least are moving away from the fan service and more towards like concepts that people like just like enjoying the mainstream. Like My Hero has the has like the heroes and villains and and like all these shows are kind of just like kind of going like going towards the more mainstream concepts. No, absolutely. Um, Lee, what do you think? Yeah, I think um, it's going to definitely continue heading in that direction. Um, and at the end of the day, I, I think we've we phrased it a little bit incorrectly. It's it's more, is anime going to become mainstream in America and in the West? And yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's already improved dramatically over the past 10 years. I mean, you have a streaming service dedicated exclusively to anime. Um Obviously, in Japan, anime is already mainstream. Yeah. It is already an industry in and of itself. Um, you know, it, it, and so at some level, uh, I think, as especially since anime has since kind of moved to this seasonal, um, the seasonal model where you just got to keep pumping out new shows, new shows, new shows. You know, a lot of the money they make is going to be off selling character goods or advertising space and um, things to that effect, but. I definitely think it's going to continue in that direction. I think the main thing that's holding it back is just like, you know, how open are you to, you know, Japanese culture and like things that are a little bit, you know, weird and different. I think obviously to a lot of nerds, we're extremely open to that. Um, whereas like, um, you know, and I've told plenty of people about me, us doing this podcast and I'm not overly embarrassed about liking anime, but when I went home for Thanksgiving, I was like, oh yeah, yeah. Me and, uh, me and Bryce are doing a podcast now. Like, oh, what is it about? And then I'm like, oh crap. I have to tell like my family and family friends that I'm doing a show about anime. And then immediately like that shame, that shame that I haven't experienced in a long time, once again, washes over me as I'm like immediately being like, yeah, you guys want to find it interesting. It's, you know, it's about anime, Japanese cartoons, um, you know, you have to immediately explain what anime is or else then they're going to be like, what? And then it gets into a long drawn out conversation. So um, I think on the one side amongst like our generation, it'll continue to be a viable option of just like shows to put on and watch. Um, but I think fundamentally, there's always going to be some people who aren't particularly interested in your, you know, uh, Mongolian uh, cave paintings and stuff like that. So um, that's that's how I see it going along. I think it's going to continue um to increase in its availability um yeah. in the west but um i don't think it'll ever achieve true mainstream appeal but uh i guess what what are your thoughts on that bryce yeah yeah um to follow, i don't know how to follow that up but um <laughs> so i think anime is becoming more mainstream because like back in the day like how you described it you literally had to find some like sketchy website where you definitely were going to get a virus and that was the way you were going to get access to anime <laughs> Um, but then Toonami was huge in helping it become more mainstream, WB, uh, 11 for Kids, the fact the top streaming service Netflix is getting involved, um, Hulu, like all of these streaming services, 
I think as that continues to happen, as like streaming services become more of the medium than like cable TV, I think it becomes more and more acceptable. I think that's going to be a huge aspect to it. Um, I think a lot of the, if it's introduced as more of like, I guess the English dub format, kind of like Toonami, as we were introduced as kids as like a cartoon, I think that's what's going to get it the biggest way into mainstream. If it's introduced as just like, this is like a cartoon, like then I think it's going to just attract more and more people. Or if it's like an adult cartoon, I guess kind of like what Adult Swim can also provide. Um, but I do think it's on like the right path. And I think hopefully it goes more in the direction of like less fan service. Uh, but, you know, we'll talk about that like in a later question. Um, so I want to jump to this question. So how do you guys feel about um, being a part of this, I guess, exclusive anime community? Um, Keith, I wanted to gear this towards you because I know before you even really started watching anime, I think you accidentally ended up at a uh, anime convention. So I kind of want to hear about that. <laughs> yeah. So um, when I was back when I was in college, I went on this, um, I, I can't remember what it was for, like some kind of field trip or something. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it was Model UN in Washington D.C., and this was still back when I was. I don't know what I don't know what you call someone who's a like a non weeb, but I still had a pretty negative outlook on anime. A functioning member of society is what you call them. Oh, okay, so, yeah, I, I was still a functioning member of society back then, and we stayed at this hotel, and there was all these people like dressed up and like running around and i was like what the hell is going on and i remember like we were in our in our room and my roommate was like oh i think there's an anime convention and i was like what the heck and like i was i i thought it was weird like and i actually like i i, I would feel weird myself going to anime convention nowadays but now i think it's a lot less weird but back then i was like like what the heck is going on like why are these people like dressing up as fairies and running around and so I guess to answer your question, myself, I, like the way I view anime now, like most of the time I forget that it's like a thing that people don't like. Like I, I just think of it, oh, like, oh, anime is just like another, you know, genre on TV, like dramas or, or crime or something. You know, I just think, oh, anime is just another thing to watch. But I, so I actually don't like that anime is like kind of separate. Um, but I, I know some people feel differently about that. Lee, how about you? Yeah, I, on the one side, I, I miss the sense of discovery that used to kind of accompany um, watching anime. So I, I, st I still use sketchy sites um, just because I'll never change. Um, <laughs> but it definitely was a lot more fun trying to hunt down these shows where, you know, reading someone's take on how, uh, Gurren Lagann helped them through kind of a dark time in their life and then checking out that show and being like, wow, this is awesome. And, you know, having to hunt down these like kind of niche shows versus, you know, the widely available seasonals now that you have, um, I absolutely miss kind of the, the, you know, if you have to try harder to obtain something, it means more to you. Whereas with the widespread abundance of these shows now, it, it's, it's A, it's become easier, but it, it means a lot less to me to kind of find these shows or hear about them or kind of discover them. Um, whereas in the golden era of anime, it was a lot more of a kind of discovery process and really picking like, oh, what do I want to invest my time in next? Um, that being said, I <laughs> I would never claim to be part of like the gatekeepers of anime. I think those people like I'm not going to go to an anime convention. I don't really want to spend time with people who do want to go to an anime convention. I mean, do your thing. Um, but, you know, I, 
wear deodorant if you're going to go. Um, <laughs> but no, and I, I still think it's fun, though. I obviously I, I joke with you a lot about trashing your taste. Um, and, you know, I, I think there's yeah, a lot of joke. fun to have. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's a lot of fun to have kind of a, <laughs> you know, superiority claw, you know, a superiority complex about like, oh, no, no, no. My anime are different. They're special. Cause like to me they are. Um, and so that aspect of it is a lot of fun. Um, but I, like, again, it's, it's, it's like whenever your city is growing and everyone's like, ah, you know, F off, we're full. It, it, it's, it, you would rather the community be growing than shrinking. You would have way fewer options available if it wasn't growing as an industry. And so I, I don't, I don't miss the exclusive exclusivity from that perspective, but I am definitely nostalgic of kind of old internet, hunting down an anime so you can watch it in like 360p um <laughs> you know i think i think that's the one nice thing is uh, i was recently trying to rewatch the welcome to the nhk and yep. the only place i could find it had it at like 360p and i was like oh this is kind of rough but <laughs> that's 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 my general kind of feelings on the idea of like exclusivity um in the in the anime community what about you bryce um yeah so for me it's strange because like so in college i had a sports radio show where i felt like pretty comfortable saying like hey guys like we're doing a sports radio show it's pretty sweet like check it out like whatever and i could just kind of like talk about it all the time tell whoever like my whole family listened to it and stuff but like obviously now i'm doing like an anime podcast i'm not gonna be like <laughs> oh hey Mom, grandma Dad. let me explain to you like what anime is and have this full like in-depth discussion because she would have zero clue right like mm-hmm. um so it's definitely easier to pitch like a sports podcast because like they get it. It's like common conversation and like every day, like everyone does fantasy football or things like that. Um, so I definitely, um, I mean, I think it's cool and exclusivity in the sense that like people who watch anime, like I've noticed like really watch it, like really dive into it and watch like a bunch of series and it becomes like a really cool talking point and discussion, right? You're not like having in-depth discussions about like Law and Order seasons, right like i think it's because like it's this more like exclusive community you get to like have these different opinions and it becomes so subjective and you have these like tense conversations why there's all these like youtube channels and different podcasts and things like that so i like that aspect of it and if it can keep doing that as it becomes more mainstream sweet heck yeah if it goes the direction of like what sports conversations are sweet love it um so speaking of direction um what direction do we think um anime is going in i think that's kind of like a kind of curious and a question we've kind of been gearing towards um me i'm hoping for an endless supply of isekai um but i'm not we're not already there but this um, too shall pass (laughs) um but keith uh what do you think so well first of all i think one of the reasons why people are not getting into anime now like what's preventing people is that there's still some of those remnants of like the fan service like for example in seven deadly sins like there's a character which i guess you know most animes have this nowadays where is who's like you know perverted and like you know grabs the girl's boobs like every episode i think there's definitely a not like a non-insignificant number of people who probably saw it on netflix turned it on saw like the that scene which is like a scene they have in almost every episode and turned it off i think which is I always found that it, like, it adds nothing to the story at all. And it, it always kind of like baffles me. Like, are these got, are these people, writers sitting in a room be like, all right, where can we fit in these 30 seconds of like perverted? Like we got it. Every episode needs it. Yes, they are. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that as it, 
anime becomes more and more mainstream, those little moments and other, you know, anime tropes are slowly going to go away. Like another obvious example is Mineta and My Hero is just literally put in there just to be the the per, like the token pervert of anime. So I think mm-hmm. that's it's going to start to go more and more away from the fan service and kind of like diverge a little bit. Like I think that there's going to be the mainstream animes that don't have any of that regular shows, and I think there's going to be like the animes that are closer to hentai or like you ha- have those tropes and the, for people who want them. So I, I think it's kind of, I, I think it's already diverging a bit, but I think it's going to diverge even more. Hmm. Lee, what do you think? I, I honestly, I, I, that's a really optimistic view, but at the end of the day, yeah. anime is Japanese and it's primarily made for Japanese audience. Now they're, they are obviously aware of the international market for it. And so they are keeping some focus on that. But at the end of the day, you're not going to stop seeing fan service until Japanese anime fans are no longer interested in it. So um, I don't think that Western tastes are going to dictate whether or not you see big anime titties um, for better or worse. You know, uh, we've obviously taken a stance on that opinion. Um, I think that honestly, I I've, we'll probably cover it in a little bit more depth at some point, but I think anime between the range of like 2004 to 2014 is the golden age. Um, I major pretty much if I were to make a top 10 list right now, at least 80% of that's going to be stuff made before 2014. Um, and I think the reason is, is that the, the switch to seasonals and the switch to, you know, this is the hot genre. So right now it's isekai, but like six years ago it was moe and if you don't know what moe is it's just cancer it's just like big-eyed tiny girls like being cutesy and crap and it's like people got really sick of that but obviously it wasn't about what the west wanted it was about what was popular in japan at the time so you know isekai will die at some point because people were tired of it and you just have to hope that whatever replaces it is less cancerous um i would say isekai is less cancerous than moe um but still, I, I'm not a fan. Um, and I think the other thing, too, is this this push to seasonal, um, which what I believe started roughly in you know, 2014, 2015, um, really does, it pushes people to constantly have to produce content regardless of whether or not it's going to A, get a satisfying ending, or B, whether or not it's really even that good. Um, I think you're going to get more and more anime available, and I think it's going to be, by and large, way more mediocre. Um and, I, you know, that's just how things are. That's how sitcoms are. That's how regular network television is. Um, and, you know, that's not super optimistic. There are still hidden gems here and there. I love Mob Psycho. Um, you know, people are still making good anime. But you won't find as many hidden gems, in my opinion. That's kind of the direction I see it heading in, even though it's a little bit pessimistic. And Bryce, you know, what are you? I'm pessimistic. Keith is optimistic. Are you in the middle? Which Who do you side with? You have to pick a side right now. <laughs> you, always, you always want me to pick a side. You have um, to pick a side. Um, so I'll say, I think I am concerned in the sense of seasonal anime because um, you're rushing through like this manga that's been written and really detailed, all these books, all these chapters. But the pressure is to get everything done in 12 episodes and have some sort of conclusion. And like you kind of said earlier, it's definitely ruined a few webtoons for sure. And I think that's like the direction it's going in just to like endlessly produce content, have some kind of a conclusion within 12 episodes and then hope to God that it gets renewed. And I think if that's the format that anime keeps going in, that's like really concerning and it's going to lead to a lot of like mediocre trash for sure. Um, I'm definitely concerned about this blurred line between hentai and anime, 
Like, I <laughs> clearly like becoming one in the same. There's so many shows. Like, there was this show that like came out called like Interspecies Reviewers, where it was literally it seemed like just a hentai, and it got eventually banned from like Funimation and Crunchyroll. Like, you can't find it online. Like, they very much like. I'm amazed it even got licensed. It was lit- like it was it was horrible. The concept, like just reading about it, um, and so I'm concerned about that. I just think this clearly going in that direction. And you're right; they do at the end of the day have to appeal to like this sort of like like a Japanese audience. And as long as they're still interested in fan service, they have to provide to it. Um, I think it would be cool if it split between like I guess U.S. more U.S. anime versus more Japan. But I I think at that point it just won't be anime. It would just be like U.S. studios will find the market. They saw how popular Avatar: Last Airbender is. They saw how popular Korra is. And they'll just produce their own like knockoff version of anime, which won't be originating from Japan. Well, maybe I guess they'll try to buy out the manga that are from Japan. Um, but I don't know. In terms of like overall direction, I th- I think there will be kind of like a divide in the sense that like there will be anime that's popular in the U.S. because of um, making more mainstream. Like hopefully removing filtering in a way of some of the fan service, like filtering in general, kind of like what they did with like a Yu-Gi-Oh or Pokemon, more in like that direction. I would say. Um, but I think at the end of the day, most of the fan base is still for like the Japanese community and that will be more popular in like per se the Crunchyroll Funimation and their real audience, which is like the Eastern part of the world in Asia. So we'll see. Um, the main takeaway from that question is that Lee actually really enjoys isekais. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so in closing, um, you can email us at closetweebap at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at weeb underscore podcast. And we would like to give a big thanks to our friend, Chief Keith, for joining us on today's show. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, (laughs) I'll be on Five Reasons Living in Your Mom's Basement is Cool next week. (laughs) And we're happy to have you. Thanks, everyone. And we'll see you all next week.